Welcome to this brief study on the theories of atonement. A pivotal question within Christianity is why did Jesus Christ have to die? And does it matter? Perhaps you might like to pause the video to reflect on these questions before we start. Whilst Jesus' death on the cross is an enigma, it is central to Christian faith. It is interesting that whilst there are various atonement theories, none are actually mentioned in the Nicene Creed. We are told what happens, but not why, as theologians throughout history have formed their own opinions. But we must remember that these are theories put forward by men. This study will cover three of the main theories of atonement put forward. These are the Ransom Theory, now evolved into Christus Victor, the Satisfaction Theory, which evolved into Penal Substitution, and the Moral Influence Theory. The first generation of Christians considered that Jesus' death on the cross had meaningful implications for their lives. This was expressed in different ways, for example, sins being forgiven, peace of mind, and being reconciled to God. Paul refers back to the Exodus and introduces the notion of sacrifice, along with Christ our Passover lamb. This is something the Jewish nation could relate to. As a whole, the New Testament hints at many reasons why Jesus died. Let's now look at the Ransom Theory and Christus Victor. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45, Jesus is reported to have referred to himself as being a ransom. This would have been understood by the culture in terms of the payment of a ransom for a slave to be set free. We can see a parallel with the setting free of slaves and the setting free of the people by Jesus. The Christus Victor Theory was based on the Ransom Theory and was put forward by Swedish systematic, systematic theologian Gustav Orlen. Christus Victor literally means Christ the Victor. Fighting evil is of course very pre prevalent in the New Testament. The main points of this theory are as follows. It is based on the two powers of God and Satan a divine conflict and victory, a fight between good and evil. God allows Satan to kill Jesus on the cross in order to release mankind. However, Satan is tricked by the resurrection of Jesus and God reconciled the world to himself. A question you might like to consider is, if evil was defeated, why is there so much evil today? What are your views on this theory? Again, you might want to pause the video to reflect on this. We will now move on to the satisfaction theory and penal substitution. Penal substitution is probably the most well-known theory and is based on Jesus' death being a sacrifice to redeem our sins and reconcile us with God and thus gaining us eternal life. 
Sacrifice was very much a part of the Old Testament and therefore would appeal to Jewish Christians. We can see in the book of Hebrews an argument for a connection between sacrifice and the death of Jesus, with his death being the fulfilment and consummation of the traditional rites. The satisfaction theory was developed by Anselm of Canterbury in the 11th century. It was further progressed to penal substitution in the Reformation by such reformists as Luther, Calvin and additionally John Wesley, the Methodist movement. This is a popular theory with Christians of many dominations and particularly taken on board by conservative evangelicals. The main points of the theory are as follow. Jesus was punished by God in our place in order for our sins to be forgiven and for us to be reconciled to God. This was needed because God is a just God and cannot allow sins to go unpunished. Jesus' divine nature enabled God to, in effect, punish himself. The resurrection of Jesus was the renewal and restoration of righteousness. It should be noted that the penal substitution theory is a multifaceted theory and is sometimes known as vicarious atonement. And depending on the particular facet, a different argument for and against can be made. Let's look at some questions. Firstly, why couldn't a loving God just forgive us? Steve Chalk recently said that the cross isn't a form of cosmic child abuse, a vengeful father punishing his son for an offence he has not even committed. Do you agree with this? What are your views on this theory? Perhaps pause the video while she reflect on these questions. We will now look at our final theory, the moral influence theory. This is based on a subjective view and was propagated by Peter Abelard in the 11th century and came from a position of love. This is a complete contrast to Anselm's satisfaction theory. Abelard was a contemporary of Anselm and his writings showed an interest in romantic love and ethics, and thus these two concepts came together when it came to the atonement. Rather than an offended, harsh and judgmental God, Abelard portrayed a God of love, with Jesus dying as a demonstration of God's love. This is the key to his theory, with the example of love changing the hearts and minds of mankind and therefore encouraging them to turn back to God. Abelard believes our ethical behaviour is changed due to the cross showing God's love for us and this gives us the inspiration to live a life of dedication to him. German liberal theologians endorsed the moral influence theory in the 19th century due to their repulsion by penal substitution and today liberal theologians tend to adopt this theory whilst conservatives tend to promote penal substitution. The main points of the moral influence theory are the theory portrays a God of love. The death of Jesus is actually a demonstration of God's love. The hearts and minds of mankind can be changed by love and encourage them to turn back to God. Our ethical behaviour is changed and we're inspired to live a life of dedication to him. 
Perhaps reflect on the following. Why is the resurrection not mentioned? And what are your views of this theory? We have now looked at these three theories of atonement, albeit very briefly. Hopefully it may have persuaded you to do further reading on the subject and perhaps to reflect on the question of why did Jesus die on the cross? Finally, let's look at Dr. William Lane Craig's view on atonement. He compares the theories to a multifaceted duel with penal substitution being the main one. However, he validates the other theories as peripheral theories which should be included, but should not exist on their own. Perhaps he has a point in that we have to look at a combination of all the theories. What are your views on this? Thank you for watching and I hope you've enjoyed this very brief look at atonement theories. Feel free to use this video for any Bible study. It is also available as a PowerPoint and in PDF and Word formats. If you'd like to download these files, please visit my website at www.kareng.co.uk. I also have an ecumenical Facebook group called Space for Faith. Details are on the website if you'd like to join. Thank you again for watching.